Welcome to the Zoe household. Our desire is to bring you to the consciousness of the God life that has been made available to everyone who believes the Lord Jesus Christ. Be blessed as you listen to this powerful message by Pastor Ola Kiyosi, the resident pastor of the Zoe household Lagos. God bless you. Excited right now. The lovely smile. Can we all smile, please? Wow, that's a demonic one. Yeah. <laughs> just, just, and she frowned again. Does that offend you? Okay. Let's resolve it quickly before the word commences. All right. So one of the things the Lord told me was that He said, He said, even as the teaching is going on, He says, "Tell my people to be sensitive, for I will be moving." they are missed i'll be moving amongst them that's what he said so be very expectant all right here's a wisdom to stay sensitive and stay alert try to um to pray in the holy ghost as frequent as you can underneath your breath you know it's one wisdom i, I, I caught very early but it really works it sharpens your mind you know you just stay prayed up when the word hits you respond to the word either by words or by prayer as well, but let there be a response. Very important that there should be a response, actually. Very, very important. All right? Are you ready? So today we are continuing on our teaching series on prayer. All right, to commence, we're going to open Luke chapter 11, verses 1. Is something wrong with the screen? Okay. Luke 11, chapter, verses 1. All right. And he says, and it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, who is the E? Jesus. He said, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. And he said to them, all right, so this is the response to him teaching them how to pray. He said, he said, as, and he said unto them, when you pray, Say, our Father, which art in, all right, glory to God, our Father, which are in heaven. So, today we're going to be emphasizing on um, the systems of prayer, you know, or prayer mechanism, the system of systems of prayer, the things, the know-hows of prayer that works. I remember saying this from the very first teaching that, you know, one of the, one of the wisest things to do when you want to learn how to pray is look at a person that has produced results by prayer and ask them to teach you how they prayed or how they got the results. So, you know, the Bible is a good example of, gives us multiple examples of people who have prayed and they actually got results from their prayers. So, today we'll commence in that as well, alright? So, we see here, Jesus Christ taught them how to pray. And one of the first things he said unto them was what? He said after me, he says, Our Father, which are in heaven. All right. One of the first things was understand about prayer is that prayer is a communication between you and God. And God is not just a God, but he is a Father. And in lenders, why are we talking about the mechanisms of prayer? Or the systems of prayer? Listen, I've come to realize something. That prayer has what they call an intelligence. Amen? Prayer has what they call what? 
Oh, thank you, Lord. The Spirit of the Lord is mighty. That's what they call an intelligence. There's an intelligence with prayer. What do I mean by that? It means you can be smart about your prayer. You can be quite intelligent about your prayer. And it's quite obvious. It may sound weird. It's not everybody that prays that gets results. And that's the truth. And it's relatable. Haven't you noticed, when you're in school, for the students that are here, there are people that go to the library 247, but now when the result comes out, is it those that are in the library the most that get the most results? Let's not lie. Speak truth. There are people that, the library is their home. 247, morning, afternoon, night. Morning, they read, they read, they read, but at the end of the day, when they take the exams and, you know, the results come forth, you see, funny scores. They start to ask, I thought you were the book one person. Then you find one guy that maybe he was just quite intelligent about his own. He didn't read much like that, but he knew how to read. <laughs> and he passed. Do you get what I'm saying? Or for instance, I know there's this thing that used to work, all right? Well, in school, we always advised to ask those that have done the course before and ask them how they passed. You know, how is the lecturer like? Is he the lacram la poor? Or is he the one that wants your personal explanation? And, you know, what are the AOCs? And then the man, you know, you get those wisdom. And you apply, once you apply those wisdom, you find out that you have an edge in the exams. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Prayer has that kind of system as well. There are things in prayer that every believer must know that produce or brings about an effective result. Amen? They bring about what? An effective result. The systems of prayer. If, if steadily applied, you will get results. Do you get what I'm saying? If you apply it, you would always get results. So that, I know that one of the major questions amongst believers is that, you know, I've come to realize is this, that many people actually are tired of praying because they so much prayed and they didn't see what they prayed. Do you get what I'm saying? Or there was a season in their life such that they had a praying culture, but for some reasons, they, they, they relapsed on it because they didn't really see so much of the fruits. And that one of the times when I was, you know, growing in the faith, when I started to take God seriously, you know, in a way, because I wanted to enter Unilag, you know, I was praying so much. And yet I was still having, you know, some weird occurrences in my life. And I was like, God, what's going on? Why is it not that I'm praying back to back and these things are still happening? Like I wasn't seeing much of the fruit. So I, I was so frustrated that I said to myself, you know what? I'm no more a prayer warrior. I'm not praying again. You get what I'm saying? Some of you, don't lie. As it ever happened to you before, you got so frustrated by your prayers. Yeah. Amen. Are you ready? All right. The first one we look at is the consistent prayer life. It's a system that is irreplaceable, ever sure, ever consistent. A consistent prayer life cannot be, you know, negotiated with. You must have a consistent prayer life. In the good days, in the bad days, come the rain, the sun, the moon, the stars. In every season, in every time of your life, one thing must not be missing. It's what they call the place of prayer. You know, there's a story in the Bible that, that made me to really see the importance of prayer, and that's the story of Daniel. Daniel chapter 2, Daniel 6, chapter 2, and verse 3. A very simple story, but very mighty in the sight of a believer with an open eye. Verse 2, we're going to read down to about verse 11. All right. 
Are you there? He says, and there, and over there, and over these three presidents, of whom Daniel was first. So Daniel was um, a president, all right, um, presiding over the people. That the princes might give account to them, and the king should have no damage. Verse 3 says, then this Daniel was preferred above the president and princes, because an excellent spirit was in him, and the king thought to set him up over the whole realm. Verse 4 says, Then the presidents and princes sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom. Said, But they could find none occasion nor fault. For as much as he was faithful, neither was there any error or fault found in him. Then said this man, he said, We shall not find any occasion against this Daniel, except we find it against him concerning the law of his God. Verse 7. Do you get what I'm saying? A faithful and upright man, no false founded. They said they were, if they wanted to find a fault, it has to be with his devotion unto the Lord. All right, verse 7 says, All the presidents of the kingdom, the governors and the princes, the counselors and the captains, imagine, they all consulted together, a whole tribe. Picture that. So it means he was the only, he was isolated, he was the only one of his kind. Kai. Alright, and he said, they consulted together to establish a royal status and to make a firm decree that whosoever shall ask a petition to any god or a man or man for 30 days, save of the king or king, he shall be cast into the den of the lions. So, he's saying that nobody for 30 days must make prayers. You're not allowed to pray for 30 days. Don't speak a word to your god or a man. Don't ask them for anything. Day or day. Do you get what I'm saying? Then verse 10. Look at what verse 10 says. Verse 10 says, Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, so he knew. He knew it was signed. He said, He went into his house and his windows, being opened in his chambers towards Jerusalem. He kneeled down, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did a four time as his so saying, as his custom way. Listen, there was a royal decree. They born you a prey. And he said, Oh, he, as soon as he knew, he said, Ah, it's a lie. And his first response to that was to still go and pray. Listen, it means that it had come to a point that prayer was more of a source of living to him. It was rather going to have been dead without the prayers, not the man killing him. Do you get what I'm saying? He understood carefully that, hey, I cannot go one day without prayer. They said 30 days, right? The, the Bible didn't even say that he waited until the third day. You know, that kind of feeling that, well, today I not pray to God. Today, next day, ah, three days, it's been so long. Now let me go and pray. The Bible didn't say he waited three days. He said, as he heard, what did he do? He went to his room, he opened up the windows, and he prayed. He said, three times in a day, as he did at four times, as his custom way. Ah. So this man was a man of, listen, this was a man of principles. Do you get what I'm saying? He understood that there's no way. I can't, even, I can't go one day without praying. And listen, this is one of the problems many people have in the church. Many Christians, many believers, you should not go two days. No. You should not go a whole day without praying and feel comfortable. Do you get what I'm saying? It should irritate you that you're not praying. Do you get what I'm saying? Prayer is not just about request. This guy said, what request did, could Daniel have had? What request do you think Daniel could have had? 
It was, imagine, there were three presidents presiding over the whole nation, and it was the top of the three. It means after the main king, it was who? It was the next leader in line. What request could he have asked for? Money, there was money. Meal, there was meal. Comfort, there was comfort. The Bible never recorded that he was sick, so he was in good health. So what was he praying? Prayer was not just about request for him. It was a livelihood. Do you get what I'm saying? He lived on prayer. He knew that without this thing, I'm dead. You can threaten me with your gods, with your idols, with the fame, with the distraction. But guess what? Mm-mm. I would not negotiate that place of prayer, even unto death. No, fine, we can get busy with the activities. If he was presiding over a nation, listen, he was presiding over a nation and he could still create three times in a day to pray. He was presiding over a nation and he could still create three times a day to pray. Now the question now is, what's your excuse not to pray? Walk. Could you have been more busy than a Daniel was? Kai, you could not have been. So I've come to realize, you are never too busy to pray. You only prioritize other things than prayer. That's the only thing that can happen. Presiding over a nation, come on. You must get this. Prayer is a do or die affair. If I don't pray, now I taught you last week. You know, we made, we made the joke about the song, but if I don't pray, Satan will make myself, you know, that song. And I taught you that that guy is not wrong. I know doctrinal folks will be like, what's that guy saying? Why is he emphasizing mess? Yes. Okay. But what that guy said is not, is not outside the scriptures. Jesus Christ said, pray for Satan seeks to have you. So he said, prayer was going to be the reason why you'd be exempted from the claws of the devil. Do you get what I'm saying? Jesus said, pray so that the devil will not make mess of you. If you translate it in Yoruba or um, in Nigerian language, do you get what I'm saying? There's Message Bible, there's KJV. If Nigeria were to write Bible, that's how they would write it right now. Jesus would have told Peter, say, pray for Satan wants to make mess of. I'm being honest. It's better to be dead than to go a day without prayer. Daniel proved it. Do you get what I'm saying? He proved it. He said, I'd rather die than go a day without prayer. You see, it must be, it must be a core doctrine of your faith. What can I do to ensure I pray every day? What must I put aside to ensure I pray? And do you know one thing you can learn from the way he prayed? was that he had what they call a system. He didn't leave prayer to chance. So, you know, many Christians, this is, where we, this is where we struggle in our prayer life. We leave prayer to chance. As the Spirit leads, we're going about our day. And suddenly, there's just one nudge in your spirit to pray. Then just pray, Listen, the Spirit of God will move you to pray three times a day, every day of your life. Do you get what I'm saying? If you are moving based on your feelings, let me tell you the truth, you will go days without praying. Because you've gone days without prayer and you feel bad. It has happened to you before. You get what I'm saying? So, you can't rely on the move of the Spirit to remind you to pray all the time. You must have what they call structures. Can you say structures? You must have a structure to pray. David knew, Daniel knew, I I can do three times a day. And he set up three times in a day to pray. It doesn't just that day. He said, as he did at four times. So, that was his normal and standard culture or custom of things. Three times in a day. You know, many times we see Muslims, when they have this, they pray about, how many times? Five times, right? They pray about five times a day, and we look at them like, religious folks, five times. 
See, I, I respect their discipline. They, they're, not, they're, not, they're not praying to God, because those are the same God, but I respect their discipline. You set out five times in a day to pray. As earlier, you know, I was talking, I was trying to, my neighbor, I was trying to evangelize to us, she was telling me that we Christians, we are lazy. How many Christians wake up by 5 a.m. to pray? I said, 5 a.m. <laughs> and do you know for anything? I could not say that because it's the truth. How many of you can wake up 5 a.m. every day because you want to pray? It's, it's very hard for many of us. But listen, you must have what they call structures that nothing else moves. Structures such as, for instance, I wake up in the morning, the first thing I will do before I touch my phone, I must pray at least 15 minutes. Do you get what I'm saying? You can make it a custom. The first thing I do is that I wake up, I will say, thank you, Jesus. What do you have for me today? Like, you must establish a communication with your God, with your Father. How can you be in the same house with your Father and you not greet him good morning? Do you get what I'm saying? Some people are so bad, you wake up, nothing like good morning, Jesus. thank you, Jesus. It sounds weird, Abby. It's not weird. You are talking about a real person, a living being. Good morning, Jesus. Thank you for this wonderful day again. You get, uh, things are simple as that. They count as prayer, but you must start from there. After that, you can start with praise. You can sing psalms. You can pray in the Holy Spirit. And then you can declare words, but there must be an act of prayer. Do you get what I'm saying? So, one thing I want to know is that you must put structure in the place of prayer. Daniel was able to pray three times a day, even though he was very busy. And so was David. David could pray lengthy times as well, even though he was the king of a nation. The Bible describes in Psalms 55, Psalm 119, verse 164. Psalm 119, verse 164. He said, seven times a day do I praise thee because of thy righteousness, righteous judgment. Seven times a day. So he had what they call an alarm. Maybe he's made servants. You don't remind him by this time, this time, this time. Listen, try something, everybody. Can we do something? Just where you have alarms to wake you up in the morning, have alarms for prayers. Amen? Have what they call what? Alarms for prayer. And you can do it now. You can maybe 12 noon, 6 p.m., 1 in the morning when you wake up. 12 noon, 6 a.m. Make sure there's an alarm to pray. I know you will snooze it sometimes, or a lot of times, because it might be very stubborn. But the point is, you will not, you can't snooze it every time. If you do, something is wrong. <laughs> you get a giddy. <laughs> you get a coconut head, yes. Can we do that? Set alarms to pray. Make sure you do that before you leave this place today. Alarms to pray. Still 116162, it says, At midnight I rise to give thanks unto thee because of thy righteous judgment. In midnight he prays as well. Psalm 55, verses um, 17. It says, okay, 16 to 17. It says, As for me, I will call upon God, and the Lord shall save me. Evening and morning and at noon will I cry, will I pray and cry aloud, and he shall hear my voice. So it means three times in the evening, in the morning, and at noon. Listen, the minimum times of prayer for you should be three times. It's not a law, but it's a godly precept. Amen? Amen. Amen. Glory to God. 
Very important. Pray always. All right. So consistent, consistent prayer, right? Do not go a day without praying. Feel bad. Feel bad. Break the jinx every day. Make sure you go, you, you, you pray that day. At least do 20 minutes. One hour. You, we can increase it. But I feel the minimum standard for every Bible should be at least an hour of prayer in a day. At least. All right. Second thing, second um, system we can apply is praying with prophecies and the word of God. Praying with prophecies and the word of God. Praying with prophecies and the word of God. So yes, you're praying three times a day or more or seven times. You know, you're praying at intervals. You're not, you're not exempting the move of God that will lead you to pray extra, but these are fixed times you pray. And I've come to realize that the Holy Ghost will honor those times. There's a way you start to pray at a particular time such that even when you forget, the Holy Ghost will remind you. I, there, there's a particular time, I don't want to say, because anytime I talk about the time, I always jinx it. I don't know. It changes. <laughs> but there's a particular time when I set my alarm and, you know, praying that time, miraculously, I would always wake up at that time. Always. Always. The only thing that can happen is that I might now wake up and say, month. but that time, no alarm, but that time, always accurate. Always accurate. Glory to God. So pray with prophecy and the word of God, right? So one of the safest ways to pray is to pray with the prophecy. And what do I mean by this? It means, now, some will be like, ah, but prophecy in itself is a prayer. Yes. What I mean by this is simple. Is that, your first action in prayer is not to pray concerning something, but to pray as regards the will of God for that matter. Look at Matthew 26, verse 36. We're going to read to 42. It says, Then come Jesus, Matthew 26, verse 36. It says, Then come Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane, and said unto his disciples, Sit ye here while I pr- go and pray yonder. Verse 37 says, And he took with him, Peter and two sons of Zebedee, and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. 38 says, Then said he unto them, My soul is exceeding sor- exceedingly sor- sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here, watch with me. And 39 says, And he went a little further, he fell on his face, and prayed, saying, O oh my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass over me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou, as thou, so he stopped, he went, um, 40, verse 42. Verse 42 says, he went again the second time and he prayed, Oh my father, if this cup will not pass away from me, except I drink it, let thy will be done. Notice something. The first one was that, let this cup pass over me, not my will. But second one was, okay, now he has accepted. <laughs> okay, if this cup will not pass away, you know what? Let your will be. That statement must never cease from the lips of a believer. This is where people get frustrated. You they pray waiting God, no send you me pray. I'm being honest. If Jesus, imagine Jesus Christ standing and praying, in the, this cup will pass, this cup will pass, pass over me, pass over me. No matter this way, that cup will not pass, bro. Do you get what I'm saying? Do you get what I'm saying? Yes. The safest way to pray Pray with prophecy. So this is the wisdom. Now, when you want to pray as regards a matter, your first ideology of prayer towards that thing should be prayer of enlightenment. Prayer of enlightenment would open up your eyes to the now present will of God. Amen? So for instance, we have enlightenment scriptures such as Ephesians chapter 1 verses 18. 
So you, you want to pray for something. The first thing that should come to mind is, what's the will of God concerning this? Okay, fine, I don't know. You start. The eyes of my understanding is enlightened that I may know the hope of his calling. And what is the, um, the sinning, the riches of the glory of his inheritance in us, the saints. I'm praying that I may know. Amen. So we have prayers like um, Colossians chapter 1, verses 9. He says, For this cause, in the day we heard of it, do not cease to make mention of it in our prayer that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, Father, we may give on. To, no, no, no. So that's, that's to say, uh, Ephesians 1 17. Um, Colossians 1 9. It says, For this cause, in the day we heard of it, thus, that and to desire that you might be filled with what? The knowledge of his will. Amen. This is the kind of prayer every believer must never stop praying that I'm filled with knowledge of his will. You, that I'm filled with the knowledge of his will. God, what's your will concerning this thing? That time of his will and in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Next, I said that we may walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing. What makes you walk upright is that you are filled with the knowledge of God's will. That's the mistake. Before you start praying prayers like, Lord, that, that visa, I will get it in the name of Jesus. Lako, you fast 10 days for that visa to open up. Bro, you know how they not give you rejected? rejected. Ah, bro, what happened? Many a times, many a times, instead of praying for that visa, you should have asked, God, is it your will that I? That Japa. <laughs> If you've had any few Japan tents, it might be God telling you, sit down home. Oh. Amen. Amen. Do you get what I'm saying? Always make sure, before you tarry long about a matter, many a times, ensure you know the present will of God. It's safer. At that point, even you pray with so much boldness, because, you know, God wants this for me. God gave me a prophecy for it. So I'm praying with the prophecy he gave me. So many of you, you've prayed and you've had many prophecy books. Now it's time to start praying with those prophecies. You wake up in the morning. Oh, this page. Next page. Like that and like that. Have you ever prayed over your prophecies? You need to, you need to start doing that. You write down word of wisdom, word of knowledge. You write it down. A lot. You have books. It's full. But one thing you miss about it is that you really go back to pray over it. Or not over it, pray with it. Do you get what I'm saying? You look at the book, oh, the Lord, you told me, wow, this and this would happen. In the name of Jesus, I start to pray. You pray it. And I, I, I said that last week. The hearing of a prophecy is not the time to keep quiet. It's the time to pray even more. Glory to God. So this is one of the best ways to, you pray with prophecies. Hallelujah. A third thing, third, number three, is that you watch and pray. Number three, is that you watch and pray. You watch and you what? Watch and pray. Now this, this might sound very weird to many of you, but it's the truth. Many a times you have to observe your prayers. I know you have told me I meant something by watch prayer. I'm talking, this watch and prayer means you watch your prayer. And what do I mean by this? Many a times, I, 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 one of the problems with believers is that they don't check 
what they have prayed to see the result of the prayer. So you pray concerning some things and you don't go back and confirm, has it happened yet? And that's actually a very turning point. Many times, the reason why we don't check what we are praying for is because of unbelief or we are scared that it won't happen. Amen? You must off this culture. If prayer works, what has it worked? Do you get what I'm saying? If prayer works and I've been praying, what has worked and what has not? Now, what, what has not yet worked? What, what, what's the now wisdom about it? Do you get what I'm saying? You must observe. Sometimes, even some people, some people, practice, some people practice this as regards healing as well. You are praying for healing. In the name of Jesus, I'm healed. But you don't want to touch that part to confirm your healing. Listen, sometimes it's the checking that confirms the miracles. Let's look at this guy, Elijah, 1 Kings 18, 42 to 44. Look at what this man did. He says, are you there? So Ahab went up to eat and to drink, right? And Elijah went to the top of the camel, and he cast himself down upon the earth and put his face in between his knees. All right? Verse 43. Are we clear? All right. And he said to his servants, go up now, look towards the sea. And he went up, looked, and said, there's nothing. And he said, okay, stop. So he told him to go, right? Look and pray for rain, right? The guy looked and didn't see any rain. And what happened? He said, he came back and he said, go again seven times. It means this going to check happened that many times. Seven more times plus the one that happened, that's eight times altogether. Imagine praying and checking. Praying and checking. Then the Bible says in verse 44, and it came to pass that at the seventh time, he said, Behold, there ariseth a little cloud out of the sea like a man's hand. And what was it? And he said, Go up and, and see unto you, prepare thy child and get thee down, and the rain, that the, that the rain stopped thee not. So listen, he checked and he didn't enter into unbelief. What happened? He kept praying. And one of the amazing things was that you're praying for a rain, and in the checking, what he got was an handful of cloud. Picture it. I'm praying for a rain. For an every rain, what, do I, what am I expecting to see? An every cloud, right? But what did you see? A handful. Now, this is the mistake. One, many of us don't even check. Better is um, favor, wisdom, grace, anything you are praying for. They don't check to see if, they, you know, if it has been answered. They don't assess their prayer. But now, even when some check, they don't see what they prayed for the way they expect to see it. So when they don't see it, they believe it's an unanswered prayer. Do you get what I'm saying? They believe that nothing worked. But listen, the response to insane and unfair was, hey, he rejoiced that, the, that he told them, said, the rain is what? It's calm. See, all you need when you pray is a little sign of improvement, a hand of cloud. Amen? Many times when you're praying, what you need is a handful of cloud. And when you see the handful of cloud, your response should be joy. You, you are praying for, for instance, you are praying for maybe a lump in your breast. In the name of Jesus, go, go. You check, it's still there. Sometimes you need to check, did it reduce? Sometimes you need to check, as it reduced. When it reduces, you don't go, ah, God has not healed me. 
God is healing or God has healed me, so it is reducing. Do you know what I'm saying? For it to have moved, it means there was a supernatural shift. God doesn't do a job halfway. If you can acknowledge what he has started, he's able to finish what he has started. So you are checking, you're praying for an opportunity. And you know, the big one didn't come, but you saw one small one. I said, Oh, God, this is not what I prayed for. Ah, that's a mistake. When you say that small one, thank you, Father, for the I've, I've gotten the answers to my prayer. This is the beginning. Do you get what I'm saying? So that's more opportunity open. You receive it with joy, knowing that another one is what? Do you get what I'm saying? So you watch and pray. It's important. This is where people make mistakes. Because what you prayed for is not what you saw. But the fact that something happened, it means God answered. And you must always respond to what you see. So, but I mentioned, and this, this thing, it, it works a lot in healing. I'm telling you the truth. They pray for you, maybe a knee pain. And the pain reduced. And you said, ah, God didn't heal me. That's the mistake. The pain reduced. How? How did the pain reduce? Your power or the power of God? The next thing that should come from your mouth is, oh, God has healed me and is perfecting the healing. You know what I'm saying? Your speech, very, very important. Hallelujah. So self-examination is important when praying. Is your prayer working? Check for improvement. Once improvement happens, you jump, you rejoice. Hallelujah. You don't rejoice over the big things, but even over the small things. Hallelujah. Second one is that we've spoken about it, but I'm going to share a, a bit more on that in another light. Is that we pray without season. Number four, praying without season. Are you getting blessed so far? Getting blessed? Praying without? Hope you're writing. All right. It says, praying always with all prayers and... Sup- oh, sorry, I just read the scripture. <laughs> Bible scholars, which scripture is that? No. 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 And that person? No. No. Praying always with all prayers and supplication. No. It's Ephesians. Ephesians 6.18. Epi- that one is praying without season. You try, but no. <laughs> All right. Ephesians 6.18. If you're sick in your body, can you place your hands on it? Sounds weird. I heard it. If you believe in God for healing, or if you can't touch your power, place your hand on your chest. The Lord is, the Lord is working right now. Heavenly Father, as you've given that instruction, your word is perfected in these people's lives in the name of Jesus. And let every growth disappear. Let all healings be made perfect. Be made perfect. Let every body joint pain be gone in the name of jesus i declare complete and perfect healing over you consistent migraine and headaches be gone in the mighty name of jesus i declare that those seizures come to an end in the mighty name of jesus i declare rest to your mind in the mighty name of jesus amen glory to god hallelujah so make sure you check that's one of the things you check for improvements you check. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Ah, 
Okay. All right. So we're practicing the word of God. Pray without season. It says, Ephesians 6, 18. It says, Praying always with all prayers and supplications in the spirit, watching there unto with all perseverance and supplication of all the saints. All right. So here's a charge that we should pray always with all prayers and supplication. That's another thing. What's the all prayers? Not today. But emphasis here is praying always. All right. With all prayers and supplication in the spirit, watching there unto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17. First Thessalonians 5, verse 17. And I'll tell you what it means, what I, what I'm going to, the point I'm trying to drive at this praying without, praying without season. First Thessalonians 5, verse 17 says, pray without season. Alright. So in what context am I saying here is that asking to pray without season? Am I saying that non-stop you should be praying? You are eating. You are dancing. You are watching TV. That's not what I'm saying. If you do that, there's a problem. It's not bad if you say, okay, I want to pray for 10 hours. But every time you're, how are you? How's the day? How was the work? You're working, you're doing a presentation. All right? So this is the, and the, that's not what I'm saying, all right? There's a wisdom to it. But no, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. It's good to have the questions of, you know, always pray. So for instance, you know, you know, one thing my brother usually does, I'll just be seeing his mouth moving. But we're not doing anything spiritual, but sometimes you have to be in touch about praying, you know, as frequent as possible. All right, it's good. But what I'm just trying to say, that's not the point I'm trying to drive out here. What's the point I'm trying to drive out here? I'm trying to drive out this point that in everything that you do, make sure you pray. In everything you are to do, make sure you pray. In everything. You are to do. Make sure you pray. Before you make any decision, pray. Before you step out, pray. Before you do anything, pray. It sounds weird that you are over spiritual. You can't be too spiritual than the word of God. Amen? You can't be. Prayer shows your dependency or your belief in the power of God. The more you pray, it shows how much more you believe in, power, in the power of God. And that it works. Alright, so for instance, for instance, listen, the Bible doesn't expressly ex- you know, tell us how and the times to pray expressly. For instance, you want the Bible, there's no way in the Bible that says, before you study your Bible, pray. After I study your Bible, pray. Is anything like that in the Bible? If it is, show me. I'm, I'll be glad to learn. So, there are things that are not communicated to us expressly like that in the Bible, but from the systems of praying without ceasing, committing all things to God in prayer, we know that whatever we are doing, we must pray. For instance, I've come to realize that if you want to have an effective Bible study, pray first. When you are even having a Bible study, you can take out, you can pause a bit and do what? Pray again. When you finish, you can do what again? Pray again. So it's like you started with prayer and ended with prayer. Prayer is the master. You applied the master key of prayer. Hello. See, see, without the master key, there's no key to the revelation. The key opens revelation to you. It sounds like a joke, but it's the truth. All right. I've come to realize that many times, if you study the Bible on your own understanding, you will cast. I've just happened to you before that when you study the Bible and you prayed afterwards, reminiscing over what you've just read, your eyes start to open to what you've just read. You just have a deeper insight and understanding to those things. It's so, it's so, I don't know how to explain it. It's so beautiful, yeah. Or try this. A day, don't pray at all, just read your Bible. 
it might struggle. But when you put God first, prayer does this thing. Bible says, beloved, build up yourself upon your most holy faith by praying in the Holy Ghost. It says, build up. Praying in the Holy Ghost has a way of staying up all the graces of God that work in you, including the understanding. Understanding the things of the Spirit is by the Spirit of God. So it just has a way of staying it up. So you are sharpened. You descend better. You know better. You make wiser decisions. I've come to learn. Whenever you do that, listen, before a meeting, you, it, even, be, even it's a business meeting, try something. Make sure you pray before you do it. Try praying the Holy Ghost for five minutes. Quietly though. Not that you can't destroy in your workspace. But try it. Listen, it shows that you believe that there's a wisdom called the God kind of wisdom. When we were building the temple, do you know what, do you know what Jesus, God did? He said, every craft, craftsman, he poured out his spirit upon them to be excellent in their crafts. So it's whatever they could do with their natural skills. The spirit of God came upon them and made it better. You guys didn't catch that. Whatsoever they were crafted or skilled for, the spirit of God came upon them to make his words. You cannot depend on your skills or your wisdom alone. You, you want to write a proposal, pray. You, are, you, want to, you, want to, you want to apply for a contract, pray. Listen, it sounds like a joke, but pray. Any, you commit everything to God in prayer. Let them call you, you are too spiritual. Yes, thank you. That's my life. Hallelujah. So pray without season. Pray before and after studying. Pray before you make major decisions. Pray at all times. Everywhere you go. Before you go out, pray. And there's something that I will say, but many people don't practice it anymore. Now, don't lie. Be very honest with yourself. Be very honest. How many of you still pray before you eat? Don't lie. Don't lie. You still pray before you eat. I like the honest. Some is like, they're not sure. Do you know that many of us in the church don't pray before we eat anymore? Do you know? It sounds weird. I pass like, why am I over spiritualizing this thing? It's just food. <laughs> See, nobody is saying, and you're not praying to cast out devils in every devil in this food. I cast you out, every poison. That's the wrong mentality. Before you start to eat, Father, I thank you for this meal. It goes to, listen, simple but powerful. It goes to all of the right places in my body. It nourishes and vitalizes my mortal body. You, you must put God even in the eating of food. Listen, spiritual things do. Look at Daniel. Just read about Daniel. When he was in the king's palace, they gave him the best of the best. Oh, sorry, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Yeah. They gave them the best of the, they gave other people the best of the best. They said, you know what? For us, just give us vegetables. People were eating the turkeys, the chickens. Today is his birthday, by the way. Happy birthday, Michael. <laughs> All right, amen. Amen. So picture this. People were eating what they call balanced diet. And what one person was eating was just what they call what? Vegetables. Morning, how did vegetable have all the nutrients? How? How did vegetable strengthen in such that Bible says that 
The Bible says that they were so much better than every other candidate. Why? There was a spirit influence. That, Father, I thank you for this meal. It goes to all the right places in my body and nourishes me perfectly. You don't know what it can do to your life. It sounds like a true spiritual, right? Okay. Watch a person that does that all the days of their life. I'm almost certain they will live long. I'm, I'm almost certain. No, I'm certain. Unless maybe there's an appointed time for them to go. It sounds weird, but I, I repented of it recently. I, I, I was not even doing it anymore. So I went to somebody, and we're about to eat. And I said, let us pray. I said, ah, okay. Like, you uh, ah! pastor like me. <laughs> Amen. Let me just say her name. It's Minister Ibele. I'm even a Ibele light. Ibele servant. Yes. <laughs> oh, Lord. Hallelujah. All right. Number five. Praying with the consciousness of the angelic presence. Praying with the consciousness of the what? No, not still long. All right. Praying with the consciousness of what? In the angelic presence. Praying with the consciousness of angelic presence. Listen, when you pray, you must be conscious that angels are with you. Amen. What's the guarantee that you have angels with you? Number one guarantee. Genesis 21, 28 verse 10. We read 10 to 12. Then we read 16 and 17. 10 to 12, 16 and 17. Genesis 28 verse 10 to 12. And verse 16 to 17. Alright, it says, And Jacob went out of Bathsheba and towards Aaron. Verse 11, it says, And he lifted up, he, lit, he lighted upon a certain place and tarried there all night because the sun was set. And he took of the stones of the place to put them as his pillow and laid down in that place. That's hard to use stones as pillow. Hard guy. Verse 12, he said, And he dreamed, and he dreamed, and behold, a ladder set upon the earth. You know, and the top of it reached to the heavens. And behold, the angels of God ascending and descending upon it. Then go to verse 16. And Jacob awoke from, awake from out of his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place. And I knew it. Verse 17 says, And he was afraid and said, How dreadful is this place. This is none other but the house of... He said... Because he had an encounter, he saw angels ascending and descending. What did he say? He said, this is no other than what? The house of God. What does that imply? In the house of God, you will find angels. Ascending or descending. Even though he did not give them what to do or tell them what to do, in that place, there was what they call the heaven touching heads. Do you get what I'm saying? Oh, you guys know not the revelation. That was called an house of God. There was a ladder from the earth ascending into the heavens, connecting heaven and angels ascending and Where's the house of God in this present day? Where's the house of God in this present day? We have the house of God. Heaven touching it. Where heaven, heaven is touching it, it means angels are ascending and descending wherever I am. When you pray, you must ask. It sounds, it sounds spooky, right? But listen, you must believe it when I pray. Angels are, they are listening. They are moving. They are walking. Lebro, Sebra, Lacro. They can't be still. 
You can't be like Jacob that didn't know. You know now. Because you know, Kai, you must have that mental picture. Labrosombra teka It means there are no ordinary prayers from your lips. You can only believe they are ordinary, but they are no ordinary prayers. Every time I pray, angels ascend and descend. They move, they walk. And listen, what is the job of the angels? The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 14, it says, Are they no ministering spirits sent to minister to the heirs of salvation? Who is the heir of salvation? We have. So, who do they minister to? Picture this it means they hearken to the word of God on your lips. I will say that again. It means the angels of God acting to the voice of God on your... First, the picture you should have is that you are a moving house of God. So it means there's the ascending and descending of angels. You are never without angels of God. And they, what, they minister to you who is the, an heir of salvation. And they respond to the word of God on your lips. So it means they are, they, they are, they are ministering spirit. They serve. They are ministering spirit. So they what? They serve. So when there's an assignment to be done, who do you send? When there's a tax to be done, who do you send? Angels. Sounds spooky, right? It's not. It's the word of God. Kai, Kai, in the name of Jesus, I take care of this day. I send forth angels right now. Ah, yeah, Bruce and Brandeka, that they make way for me today. They open doors for me today. In the name of Jesus, opportunities are opened up before me. Who opens the doors? The angels. Who orchestrates? The, who orders the steps? It's the angels. What do you think happened when Jesus Christ was speaking to the man that was sick? When the, when the um, what do you call him? The, the man who asked Jesus Christ to heal his, um, his maid servant. And you know, Jesus Christ was about to go, Jesus Christ asked where he was and he was about to go and said, no, you don't need to go. He said, why don't you just send... Who carries the word? Who carries the word? The angels of God carries the word of God on your lips. You must be aware. So it means there are no empty words. Every word carries power. This is why you must be careful as regards what you say. You must. You should. No word from my mouth comes out void. Therefore, I should be careful. Bible says we'll give account for every word. How, 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 how are we giving account for every word? Who is taking the accounts? Who is taking the accounts? So we'll give. Ah. Whenever you pray, have the mental pictures. Angels respond to me. Therefore, Lebranda Balakatomba Rande. You start to speak your expectations. They will walk and respond to it. Let me skip this. Uh, this this actually now works in line with this, with number six, which is praying with prophecy again. Or just let me put it this way: prophesying as you pray. Let me put it that way: prophesying as you pray. You have the angels with you; they are surrounding you. So, where does prophesying as you pray comes in? First, you must understand that every believer has the ability to prophesy. Say after me, every believer has the ability to prophesy. So I can prophesy. Joel 2.28. Can you play the parts? Can you start playing? 
And it came to pass afterwards that I will pour up my spirit upon all and your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams and young men shall see. So what's the response to the spirit of God on the inside of a man? Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. The spirit of God is a spirit of prophecy. Listen, if you have the spirit of God in you, you can prophesy. That's what it means. What I thought earlier, you can walk, walk in both ways. One is knowing the will of God and speaking it into existence. Or, by the Spirit of God, you're praying and you start to, by, by the influence of the Holy Ghost, just say what is coming to your heart. I've come to realize many believers, they don't do this in a lot as well. Shall I tell you why? Because this, this is the generation of tongue-speaking church, of the tongue-speaking church. So what is common among believers now is that every believer can pray in tongues. A lot can pray in tongues. But not a lot can pray. They don't, they don't understand that they have to prophesy. So you do one hour prayer. See, the one hour finishes. Thank you, Jesus. And you go. What happens when you pray in tongues? You are stirring up the spirit of God in you. You are stirring up the power of God at work in you. You don't, you don't stir up something to not leave it as it is. You stir up to do something. That's what is there. So many times when you are praying in the Holy Ghost, there must be an end to it. The wise way to pray is that as you are praying, you must always prophesy. And what are you prophesying? Listen, if the Holy Ghost is in you and it can inspire prophecy, what are you going to do? As you are praying, sometimes, this is what happens. You just have to have some words swell up in your spirits. True or false? Now that I'm saying it, you'll be aware of it if you, did, if you didn't know before. So you are praying in the Holy Ghost and suddenly you just have to have a picture of something. You don't just see it as an imagination. You start to call for those visions into reality. Or the promises that God has given in your book. You are praying in the Holy Ghost. Oh, I'm ten times better this year. You must call for those things. This is a simple key of getting... Uh, it's a simple way of maximizing what they call prayer. Praying with prophecy. Calling for things that are not as though they were. Taking charge. Speaking it into existence. That's what the angels respond to. The words of your mouth. And we're going to do that today. Kai. Kai. See, there's what they call... See... There are some times that you, you pray so much, something is so much of a body in you. When you pray so much in the Holy Ghost, it swells up in your heart and it's like an holy anger. You just start to speak it in the name of the Lord. I declare it is over. Ah, it happens. This is what they call the moving power of God. This is what they call the working mighty power of God. Residing on your inside that you are not taking advantage of. But guess what? You can use it as well. Because guess what? With every word you speak, the angels are ministering to it. They are what they call angels. Ministering to an elf of salvation. If you are an elf of salvation, which you are, it means you have angels under your command. If you do, as you prophesy, what happens with the words? They carry it out. Many times what happens is that many of us have not given our angels prophecies to carry out. That's the problem. Your mouth is always shut. See, you can have a housemaid in your house. If you don't tell her what to do, she'll be seated. So the thing is that the help is there, but the help is not instructed on what to do. Amen? 
You can have a help in the house, but if you don't tell the help what to do, the help will be there looking at you, but will not do anything. That's what happens. You have to channel the prophecies out of your mouth, and they are being worked upon. You want to see a change in your life? Try prophesying. Don't look for a prophet. You have the spirit of prophecy. I know we have that ideology. God, who told you God does not hear what you say? Who told you you can't be heard by God or you're not heard by God? Do you know who you are? You're a son of God. You're a daughter of God. The spirit of God dwells inside of you. God is not far away that I cannot hear you like David said. Where is God? God is on your inside. He's closer than clothes. He's closer than your skin. Because he's in every fiber of your being. So who are you that you're not heard? You're heard of God. If God hears you, his angels hear you. So it means, you know what they call Ashoro? Do you know what they call Ashoro? You have Ashoro. Ashoro means the things that you can... Oh, Yoruba. The word of authority. Hey. As I say it, it becomes. As I say it, it happens. I, that's what they call Ashoro. As I say, as I said it, that's what happened. Every Christian has it. For the spirit of prophecy, the Holy Ghost is in us. As we utter the words from our lips, the angels carry those words and they start to work with it. They start to work with it. Sometimes I know you've maybe you have practiced this and maybe you didn't see result. What you might need to keep doing is, is keep saying it, keep prophesying in the morning. It is well with my soul. In the noon, it is well with my soul. In the evening, it is well with my soul. You are desiring favor. In the morning, I'm blessed and highly favored. I'm blessed and highly favored. In the name of the Lord, I'm blessed and highly favored. The angels of the Lord are moving and causing men to favor me. In the name of Jesus. You say it in the morning. You say it in the noon. You say, you say it non-stop. Non-stop. Non stop, you keep declaring it. You keep declaring it. You keep prophesying. Paul said, I will pray in the spirit and I will pray my understanding also. That's the wisdom of God. It's not a man ideology, it's a God kind of ideology. Kai. Thank you, Jesus. Sembrande keleka. Rande balaka. Parande belekai. Rade belekai. Thank you for listening. We know you have been equipped, changed, and transformed by the word. If you have any questions or inquiries, please reach out to us on Instagram at the Zoe Household Lagos or via mail, zoehousehold at gmail.com. God bless you.